This is a football show, not just any football show, but a football show. You're Zach, I'm Braden. Welcome in. This, of course, is a fancy, swanky studio that we're sitting in here. The Cast Collective on Music Row. Of course, let me let me tell, tell people, Zach, about the Cast Collective. Can I do that first? Go ahead. Even though th- the streets are talking, they are saying <laughs> this is the football show to end all football shows. Well, that's the goal, Yeah, is to murder all other football shows in their sleep. The Cast Collective, of course, this wonderful, amazing studio we are sitting in here on Music Row in the heart of Nashville. Of course, it is a one-stop shop for all things podcasting and video production. Perfect for small events, whether it's a work function or whatever. So to inquire about their services here, make sure you follow and DM them on Instagram at cast underscore collective or email. And again, Zach, what should other what should all the people watching do right now while the show is happening? Well, basically, they need to share because they need to be retweeting or whatever you may be on. If you're if you're my granddad and you're still on Facebook, you need <laughs> to be sharing it on Facebook. If you're on Twitter, share it on Twitter. You need to retweet, tell everybody. Then you need to go to YouTube and subscribe and, t- and talk to us. We got a little chat up. We may be able to get to you. But basically, rate, review, subscribe. This will be in podcast form. Share it. Turn on notifications. Whatever you need to do to make sure that we are a priority for you. There you have it. Every Monday, every Thursday, 1 p.m. live here from the Cast Collective Studio in the heart of Nashville on Music Row. Obviously, there's uh, football happening tonight. So because we are a football show, we will talk about football things today on the that show. That makes sense. Yes. It was a, it was a <laughs> we had a lot of strategy meetings before, and that's what we decided. Football yeah. on the football show. Uh, we will get to our f- predictions for the first four picks in the draft for the Tennessee Titans today. We've got, and that's again, not just for tonight in the first round. That's for, you know, that's for the first three round, the first three days. Uh, the ideal Titan strategy, of course. And then um, we've got some like a public service announcement, I would call it, for folks that are going to be inundated with empty calories in their media diet over the course of the next three days. So don't right. take, don't take the clickbait. Uh, but we will of course begin with our, our bold predictions here uh, momentarily again, Broadway sports media, special thanks football and other F words. I know you guys got a lot of stuff going on tonight as well. So you want to tell the good folks. Yeah. What else you got so going on? 645 me, Easton freeze, Ryan Watson and James Foster are going to be going live for the entire first round of the draft. And guess what? We're going to do it all again tomorrow. Yeah. You're tomorrow. Gonna, you're going to talk the entire first round of the draft. Yeah. I love it. Like I haven't done that before. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, also, a guy who can talk. Also, my wife uh, uh, would agree with that thought about myself, actually. So um, no problem there. I've just figured out a way to monetize it. So also special thanks to Moon Taxi for their 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 music here, uh, local band here in Nashville. If you haven't listened to them, I don't know. I don't know what you've been doing. So uh, all right. Bold predictions here for the NFL draft. And this is going to be for the first round, of course. And um, Zach, you want to get us started here? Let's do it. Right. This is this is going to be probably the biggest bold prediction that any any either of us have because I'm going to go against the grain. I do not believe that that Shad Khan and Doug Peterson are going to let Trent Balky do what he wants to do with the number one overall pick, and I do not believe that Trayvon Walker is an actual a top. He's not even a top three edge in this class. I don't think he's going to go in the top six. I think Trayvon Walker actually falls. I think it's all BS hype. It's, it's very similar to the Mac Jones hype from last year. Remember, he was going in the top yeah, yeah, three, yeah, yeah. and he never did. I think at this point, he was the fifth best defensive prospect on his own team <laughs> in this dra- that is in this draft class, not including probably the prospects that are coming out next year. I mean, he may even yeah. be worse than the ones coming out next year. This I mean, okay, reeks, okay, this is you're being reeks. a little you're being a little harsh on the no. guy. He's a pretty good football player. I mean, yeah, you can be pretty good, but he's not top six right. good. In reality of things, now maybe someone makes him top six good, then he'll end up being top six bad because he will end up okay. being a never living up to the hype. You're you're being very rude to this young man. It's a big day for him. He's gonna make a whole lot of money, even if he's like the seventh pick. My whole brand is being rude to people. <laughs> That's true. And I'm sure you'll be rude to me plenty of times here on the show. Listen, I first of all, a couple couple of things. Um I think he's a good player. I don't think he should be number one overall. I think he took his pads off, and all of a sudden he became a good player when he didn't have football pads on. He played very well against Michigan. He played very well uh, against Alabama in the playoff games. And I'm with you, though. Like, N'Kobe Dean flashed off film. Lewis seen the safety could sneak into the first round. He flashed off film. I, I think he's a really good player. Here's my problem, though, with your, with your prediction, and that is Trent, Trent Balky loves big arms. He likes big arms. He's the guy who drafted. There's like, a what a three inch difference in the wingspan, <laughs> if even that. Like, and the, the athleticism, there is no difference in their athleticism. Like a major difference. I would rather have someone that is maybe 
slightly under the athleticism chart, but is actually college productive than a guy that yes. can't even get double digit sacks. Yes. It's a funny thing about good football players. I like when they are good yeah. at football. It's it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's sort of like a football show. Um, and by the way, on the show, we're going to cover sec draft gambling, fantasy, uh, Tennessee Titans, AFC South. So like this, this product is for Tennesseans, but also for sec fans as well. Again, just a football show here. Um, I, I think bulky though, has been known to draft like these, these guys with the wingspan, like it's because like he's obsessed with arms. Yeah, it's like Eric Armstead, I think, is a guy he drafted. Um, DeForest Buckner is a guy he drafted. He's just obsessed with these guys. And but, just, but should a lame duck GM be in charge of the draft pick for number one overall? If you're really trying to turn things around, you shouldn't. First off, he shouldn't even be the GM for the Jaguars when they have a new head coach. But if the owner and the head coach both want each a different player, why is he the one that's winning? Because that seems like a recipe for disaster, which I'm happy with as a Titans fan. I am happy that they're going to go Trayvon Walker. You are asking me to explain what is in the minds of Jacksonville Jaguar people. Yeah. Like that's Besides a, mayonnaise and mustard that's and whatever oh, wow. other condiments are in their heads. Oh, crime is way up in Jacksonville these yeah, days. Sure. So people are worried. They're concerned. Yeah. So, um, all right. Bold prediction number one. You got a second one for yes. the Titans? Okay, Titans are actually going to trade up in the first round, and I don't think necessarily means that that's going to be a trade-up for a quarterback. I just think that wide receiver really? actually makes the most sense because here's why. I'm going to get into it. They keep pounding the table that they're going to surround Tannehill with pass-catching weapons. We know that Tannehill needs pass-catching weapons. The gap between wide receivers in round three to seven and the first-round counterparts are is a massive gap it's basically bigger than English Channel. It's bigger than the Pacific Ocean. It's a huge, massive gap. That's, that's large. And the that's gap big. between an offensive lineman that you can get in the first round and the third round is practically non-existent. Over the last five years, in rounds three to seven, 119 wide receivers have been drafted. 11 of that 119 are actually bona fide starters. One all-pro in Cooper Cup, which is obviously the unicorn of the group. Five Pro sure. Bowls between them. It's 9.24% success rate. Offensive linemen, same year span, five last five years, 150 have been drafted, 49 starters league-wide. Z- now, zero All-Pros, but it's really hard to get an All-Pro in this league when you're within the, in your first five years as an offensive lineman. But there are five Pro Bowls, and so not much of a big difference there. Okay. And, and that's a 32.6% success rate. And the Chiefs have found three starters in rounds three through seven in the last two drafts. So why even fool with an offensive lineman? Right. Trade up and get Chris Olave or get Traylon Burks or get Jamison Williams and be ready to rock and roll and throw the ball. All right, hang on. I, I like Jamison Williams. I think he's the guy, if you're going to go up and get somebody, he's the guy who gives the Titans something different, right? Like, he, to me, he's the guy who, who takes the top off the defense, fully healthy. Certainly, the Titans have no shame about taking a player with a bum knee in the, in the first round. They've done it. And frankly, ACL tears are not as big a problem as they've been in the past. I, that's the guy I like, but here's my issue. Like what, when you trade up to get anything, like I, it, to me, it makes sense to do it with a quarterback. Yeah. Because when you trade up to get the guy, and again, this is the draft where you have to completely trust your evaluation process. Right. John Robinson has to love the guy that he's going to go get. What are you getting rid of to go up and get a receiver? Like you don't have a second, like Just, I know you got an extra four, but like, don't, aren't you better served using that? Well, you can give up a, a, a future pick. It seems like everybody right. wants future picks. You know, this next year's draft is better than this year's draft. And maybe not the wide receiver position, uh, you know, maybe technically. Not. I mean, maybe at the quarterback position, but you don't have to give up an extra first to move up to get a wide receiver. If you're All just right. moving up a few spots, you you got to be after, out of the top 10. You're looking at probably around, you know, pick 15, pick 16 to before you're really looking at trading up for a wide receiver because you you know the Saints and the Eagles are probably going to take one. So how far up do you have to go to get Jamison Williams? I think I think you have to go. I think that's okay. going to be tough. I think you have, do have to go top 10, but mm-hmm. I don't think, Chris, there's a big difference between Jamison Williams and Chris Olave personally. No, the only one I think is a wild card that I don't like is Drake London. Yeah, um, he, he's something that doesn't give you anything anything that helps this team the way that the team needs help i I think alave and wilson and williams give them a different thing i think burks is sort of a carbon copy of aj brown which which is you know pretty pretty good good. yeah (laughs) Um, especially if you got him you know as second aj brown i don't want uh and i think do i do think george pickens has would be a top 15 pick yes if it wasn't for all the 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 stuff that's coming out kind of and again if you've covered college football and been around recruiting you kind of knew he was a knucklehead but he does every single thing right. He's got the size, got the 40, quick twitch ability in the open field. He's got great ball skills down the field. He's a deep play guy. 
he's got everything, but he also showed up on a private jet with JT Daniels to the orange bowl because he's, you know, how, how much you want to be a professional. So that's, what's keeping him out of the first round. Let me ask you about this about Pickens. If you're sitting there at the 26 and you're the Tennessee Titans and the top five wide receivers are gone and you're choosing between Tyler Smith, George Pickens, or one of the quarterbacks, where are you going? No Tyler Smith. No, no Christian Watson, yeah. no, no Tyler Smith. So you, no I mean, Watson. you have to reach without having a second-round pick. Now, obviously, the ideal – listen. We'll get to yeah, our ideal strategy. Yeah. Every ideal strategy for the last three years involving John Robinson has always been trading out back at the first that's round. True. And now this is his best shot to do that. Okay. However, let's say that's off the table. You And with no second-round pick, you have to reach for a wide receiver if you want one. I, and I think that's George Pickens. So here, here's the chance. Here's the one thing you cannot do, Titans fans, and you can't do it, and I've heard you do it. You cannot do this, and that is attach behavioral issues to George Pickens and Isaiah Wilson and say there's a correlation. Now, I have you not done that. You cannot say that there's a correlation between those two. Now, I have not done that. I'm just saying that it is, is, is scary to get a Georgia, but, you know, but another this, Georgia player. This is going to be part of our next, the next topic we, we get yeah. to when it's like, don't listen to stupid takes yeah. that have no logic and reason. There is no, Isaiah Wilson is a human being who is separate from George Pickens, who is another human being. Yeah. And John Robinson and his staff have to trust what they evaluate. But if they're at 26 and you're telling me they have to take a wide receiver, I think George Pickens is very, very talented and I, very, very good. I got a little conspiracy theory for you. Let me have it. Okay. They brought in James Cook, the Georgia running back, for a top 30 visit. Now, Ooh. top 30 visits are done for multiple reasons, right? That's spicy. What if they brought in James Cook to really get into the head of what George Pickens is doing? Do you think that's a good use of a visit? Do you think? What else are you going to do? I mean, I guess. I mean, that's what they do. Um, no, no, these, you're right. You know, you know that's right. what some of these teams do. I'm just. All right. So, so Zach, Titans trade up and, yes. and uh, Trayvon Walker won't be the first pick. I, my, my bold prediction, hot take, uh, whatever you want to call it, is I think Derek Stingley. Uh, I think this guy right here. Uh, is the best player in the draft. And, and I don't brought props. I yep, didn't bring yep, any I got props. props. I don't, and, and I, when I say, I shouldn't say best player in the draft. What I mean is surest 10 year starter in the NFL. Like I feel over sauce Gardner. I, I think Gardner's damn good. Like yeah. sauce Gardner is exceptional. But if you told me to bet my entire fortune, all $113 on one player being a 10 year starter at a pro bowl ish level, one player in the entire draft, it would be Derek Stingley jr. So I don't know if that's a hot take. He's a top. He was a top fifteen pick. He's kind of trending upward on the board. I don't know if that's no, a hot but take. A lot or not, of people but. have him today. I think they're buying into some smoke screens and they have him going third overall. Uh, I would be hard pressed to to not saying that he's not worth it. I'd be hard pressed to believe that's where the Texans are going to go with that pick. So that's my thought. On well, the Texans like the Jag, Jaguars could do basically anything. Yeah, and it would not surprise me. Yeah, it would not surprise me. I don't know what the hell is going on in anybody's mind in Jacksonville or Houston at any point that's running either of those two franchises. So you, your, your big thing is that basically in 10 years, he will still be a starter and he will have had played at a high level yep. throughout the whole time. Maybe one all pro, couple pro bowls. That's what that guy is. Even yep. regardless of what team drafts him. Does that, how much does that play? I hate, see, I hate, I hate that part of the equation though. Um, because I can't use that to evaluate my thoughts on Derek Stingley. Right. I, but it is. It, it's, but if he's so surefire, shouldn't no, you right, transcend right. that? Yes. I th and I think he will at corner because you can kind of. Yeah. You can you can avoid like bad coaching at right. corner. You can't avoid it if you're Sam Darnold and you go to the Jets. I mean, you look at Darrell Revis. And, right. You right. know, he, he had some good coaching, but there was also some poor coaching throughout that. I, I think he is the safest pick in the draft. Yeah. And I think he like, again, he's probably not going to end up being the best player in the draft. But I think he's, uh, I think he's the safest one. Um, my other prediction for the Titans from a bold standpoint, which again is not super bold, but that's not what we do here. We don't do empty calories. We do nutritional takes yeah. uh, on the show. You know, we're the leafy greens of. We're not making up bold <laughs> takes just to make up bold. Takes. Right. This is. I'm and actually I'm willing this one into existence. Okay. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to yeah. will this into existence, which is that the Tennessee Titans will not select anybody in the first round. No picks I, at I all. I like it. See, that's a bold no pick picks. I'm 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 on board with. Like yeah. if you can't trade up, right? And, and not and not Minnesota Vikings style yeah. where you just like let the clock run out. Right, right. Like like intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> they they trade back. And I and I get into a little bit of the trade back stuff and and later on in the show. Okay. But I, I agree with you. That is where you want to go. You you yep. the ideally the Titans just don't want to make a first round pick. And 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 there's other things to really get into that unless someone falls which happens all the time. The Seattle Seahawks pick in front of the Tennessee Titans. 
the Packers pick in front of the Tennessee Titans. Notoriously bad drafting teams pick in yeah. front of the Titans, and so there is a good chance that someone falls that nobody's expecting. What, what I am hoping for is for all the quarterbacks, and this kind of is what we're we're going to talk about here in a second, but don't take the clickbait. But I, I think what I'm hoping for is that all the quarterbacks fall. Yeah, which is very possible because that that's that's what you need. Uh, if Ideally. all the quarterbacks fall, then somebody's going to look at 26 and go, man, I can go up and get my guy. And all, all the quarterbacks will fall except for Malik Willis, who's going to the Steelers, and you'll owe me a some whiskey on that. Okay, I think that's I think we made that bet. Yeah, yeah so absolutely buy you a bottle of whiskey if he gets picked because this this gets us into like the must buy season of the draft. And I first of all, I I've, you've been talking about this all week, basically taking a giant steamer on this entire draft process. Right. You're just like, this is so boring, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to, like, I, I completely disagree because here's what you have, to, here's how you have to watch the NFL draft. So you have to ignore all the takes. You have to ignore all the garbage that people are going to spew at you instantaneously about how your team's going to win or lose the Super Bowl because you, you, you drafted an offensive lineman at 26. Right. You have to ignore all of that shit, all that garbage. And what you, what, you, what you have to enjoy the draft as is reality TV. It is a reality TV show about acquiring talent. This is a show about, it's a TV show about talent acquisition. I want to see quarterbacks go up and fall down. I want to see trades. I want to see all this stuff. But don't tell me that a team, we, we want, we're not going to know if a, a pick is going to win you a Super Bowl for years. Right. You and I could just argue, we just argued about Sauce Gardner and, and Derek Stingley. Mm-hmm. We will not have the answer to that question for, oh, yeah. ten, for 10 years. Yeah, easily. And Christian Fulton is a perfect example of this. How many Titans fans, how many of you guys killed Christian Fulton and the draft pick and the and John Robinson and all that stuff? Didn't now, he- now, they love the draft pick, but they hated when he didn't produce your Sure, one. sure. That's, that was the problem. How about Nate Davis's first 10 games? Yeah. Oh, this is a garbage pick, man. This is terrible. Oh, he sucks. Like, you, th- these are... 2019 sometimes 21 year old young unprofessional amateurs yeah. that are stepping into a grown ass man world where they have to work professionally on a trade and, and uh, on a craft. And until you have time to develop that. And what I do trust is John Robinson and Mike Vrabel to build that culture and to have that already established. And so when you arrive, you better buy in. Right. And then it takes a little bit of time. Christian Fulton and Nate Davis to me are the perfect examples of how you have to give it space to breathe before you overreact, lose your mind, and start tweeting at players, because I know you have a problem with people tweeting at players. Well, I mean, outside of quarterbacks, it's hard to find an immediate impact player. Do we really think, whether it's Aiden Hutchison, do we really think, whether it's Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, that they're really going to be franchise-changing, immediate impact players where they're going to be going crazy? They're, they're not Micah Parsons, in my opinion, right? Because they're not going to good situations. I think the good situations yeah. is the concern. Right. That, that's my question so, to those guys. So when I look at, you know, the 2020 draft class, their rookie year, okay, the 2020 draft class, this is uh, Isaiah Wilson, Christian Fulton, that draft class. Zero all pro pros, only two pro bowlers, and they only had 39 starters. So 39 rookies played 11 games. Wait, that's more. the whole first round? That or is the whole draft. That's the whole draft. Okay. Wow. So only 39 starters that played 11 games or more in 2020. Okay? Of every single round? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. See, that's the key. So, in and let me say, it, it carries over to 2021. 2021, one all-pro, five pro bowlers, 38 starters, 11 games or more, 245 players drafted. I mean, that is a ridiculous amount of – it's a lot of undue – pressure put on these rookies and then but if you look at what happened from the 2020 class so remember zero all pro pros two pro bowlers and 39 starters of 11 games or more in 2021 those rookies are now second year starters that those numbers went up to produce four all pros nine pro bowlers and 56 starters that started 11 games or more so it grew in the year two jump and one of those would be christian fulton is a prime example of that Hundred percent. So that matters when you're trying to put down expectations for these. So that's why you shouldn't take the clickbait. If the Titans draft, heaven forbid, Tyler Smith. Okay, <laughs> he's obviously you're going to take the clickbait at that point. He is dude. obviously a raw oh. prospect. I will be upset, but if the Titans believe they have found the guy, so that they can develop. You know, is it smart team building to now take three right uh, offensive linemen in a row, three years in a row, 
that are all projects that are all raw? Probably not, especially when you've seen that you couldn't develop Dylan Raiden's properly. Well, no, see, now you're doing it, though. We, we don't they, know we, if they've developed him or we not. We saw yet. it. Well, we do, need to see more time, though. Do, do we? I, 100%. There's no way to. This is exactly the point of, of this, this segment. What I'm is, saying is, is that they didn't develop him for the, you, for the last year when they needed him. Instead, they started a, a 111th out of 111 <laughs> right tackles, David Questenberry, because they didn't do their job correctly. No, here, here's what I mean by this. And that's a, that's, a, that's a stab at the staff, not the player. So to me, this is a holistic thing where there's probably a little bit of misevaluation. A lot of it is the fact that Dylan Radens didn't play a down in 2020, which I think is important context yeah. to make sure we add to this conversation. I am not willing to give up on Dylan Radens as a total mistake or flaw like I, I every single player that has come to this titans organization with mike Vrabel and john robinson has gotten better when they left almost every single player with the exception of a few guys that they cut so, so rashawn evans would be one that, that never got better there's very few there's okay. very very few the point is is that they 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 get guys they make them better traditionally in general by and large Luke falco mcdonald okay, Brady stop, those, those don't count that those nobody starts in week round six and seven give me a break with that. chris jackson did give me a break yeah he's a nice player uh, or it was for a little while. Um, stop. Just stop it. Okay. Are you done? <laughs> I think Raiden's is going to need because he didn't play in 2020. Because, like, I just, I think you can't pass judgment on the pick until I, I pass at least judgment one on the season. pick in, the, in this in this context is that they overvalued what they could do as a staff with Dylan Raiden's. Okay. And I am afraid that they're going to overvalue again what they can do with Tyler Smith when they obviously have a whole. Are we really going to have to go through a year where we're we have to fucking watch Jamarco Jones get blown up play after play. I, I hope not. Yeah. So that's where I'm at is this is, this is why you take Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson why you take and everyone, strange or fine, but everyone's bored by that yeah. and everyone's bored. And then the clickbait is what is the clickbait at that point? The clickbait is, Oh, they didn't address the need at wide receiver. Yeah. Who's Ryan Tano going to throw to blah, 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 blah. Well, Might as well just not draft a wide receiver and not draft one in round one or finding a way to get in a round two. I did, there are better wide receivers in this draft later on than you are giving credit for. No. But we'll talk you, about You that. are overinflating them for no reason. Fine, fine. Anyway, the point is, oh, just know when you're looking at empty calories of content this weekend. Know when you're looking at, like, the bag of veggie straws that your kids left open in the pantry and everyone's asleep and it's 1130 at night and you know you shouldn't eat it. That is clickbait content. So just be wary of that when you see microwaved hot takes about how your team's going to win or lose the Super Bowl because they drafted an offensive lineman in the second round. That is some dumb shit. Don't do it. There's a big difference in how to how to go about finding articles that avoid this. Go to broadwaysportsmedia.com <laughs> because we're going to what we do is we take what the player is and we project what he can be. We talk about what he can be in this system. We're not going to put out a, you know, an article talking about if this, if let's say Tyler Smith, you know, he's, let's say he's married, right? You're obsessed with Tyler Smith. Well, it's, it's the name that everybody hates. Yeah. Um, if Tyler Smith's married and he's, you know, he's, he's got one of his, uh, Chris Paul, who is his teammate is his, uh, choice for babysitter. We'll never write an article about that because that stuff doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Are you are you suggesting that what Brian Tannehill says to his wife on a couch, yeah, is not in fact worthy of an article? It is not not a, not a long article at that. I will say though to 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 the audience that listens to football and other f words, saying, "Wait a second, Zach, didn't you hate the Jeffrey Simmons pick?" I did, I did, I did hate out. it, and and, and and it's not because it was the talent; it was just because of. You know, I preferred other players that could be in a starter day one. Here's the thing I'm rooting for the most from the clickbait world, which is the Titans drafting a quarterback at any point. First round, second round, doesn't matter. Because what's going to happen is the internet's going to lose its mind. Titans Twitter, I love you guys. You're already sort of acting like a bunch of adolescent teenagers. They've already lost their mind. Right? There yeah, is no mind to get to get back with Titans Twitter. They are trying to grow into an adult, a, a fully formed adult football or you know a group of fans and right now they are adolescent middle schoolers who just want to yell at, at, at the internet all the time what what happens to to the hot takes when the titans take a quarterback because it a rational person could very easily say look huge cap hit for Tannehill. they found their guy they trust their evaluation he's clearly going to sit behind him and learn the i'm going to say the tim kelly offense <laughs> will he sit behind him because i have a conspiracy theory oh they know me Tannehill is not there because he's waiting to see what they do in the draft with the quarterback. Oh, shut the hell up. Yes. No, listen, listen. I came up with this two weeks ago, by the way. And I'm telling you right now, when they draft a quarterback, if they draft a quarterback, 
he's going to ask for a trade. If they why, don't, why would he do that? If because he, everybody's getting traded because that's what people do. If they don't get one, he's going to ask for an extension. The only way Ryan Tannehill gets an extension is if he wins the Super Bowl. I don't think that's the case. Wow. I I think that I think that there could be, and that's a I conspiracy see, that's theory. That's not his style. Listen, that's not his style, though. This man. is a conspiracy theory. Well, we don't know what his agent's been telling him. What could his wife be telling him? Who knows? Maybe he's read all these comments on Twitter, and he's like, man, I'm really going to go after those fans now. It's a conspiracy very, theory. Very clearly, yeah. You need to get off the, the dark web for a while. That's that's nuts. I I still would like – that's what I'm rooting for. Like as a, Objectively, as a football person, I want the Titans to trade back and acquire more assets. Yeah. That's what I think is the best for the organization to win. What, I, what I'm rooting for personally from an entertainment standpoint is for them to draft a quarterback and to see what happens to Titans Twitter – when they have to discuss and debate all of this stuff you're talking about. See, I am a fan of, I think, Lebowski going full force chaos. Why don't they yes. trade up for Tyler, give up picks and trade up for Tyler Smith, yeah. and then yeah. then you are then you just draft some losers after that. Never draft wide receiver or tight end. Just the advice that we're giving you folks is just don't, don't take the clickbait. And this is another one. Like just know the media. Know the people that, that cover this stuff. Trust the good ones. Take time to find the ones that matter, that you trust their opinions on, that you think are doing authentic, genuine, real work and not trying to rile you up and piss you off and inject dopamine into your brain by giving you something to tweet about. Because that's literally what the science of media is designed to do, yep. is to get you all pissed off, filled with anxiety and filled with conflict and yelling at each other so that you stay on their platforms longer. That's, that's the point. So just ignore all that. Find good people. There are lots of good people in Nashville, like at Broadway Sports Media, that cover this stuff. And here at our show, we would like to think that we do a pretty good job of pointing out when something is completely nonsense. Yes. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's going to be a really awesome first round. I know you're kind of mm -hmm. down on it. I think it's very unpredictable. I think, I think, you're, I think you're taking the clickbait and thinking that this is an exciting draft. Where I did I you, click? Where did I click? Adam Schefter. You're reading that tweet from Adam Schefter don't, this morning. And, don't bring and, up Adam know, Schefter. Yeah. Had I'm a bad just, year. It's had a bad year. Yeah. Uh, and Titans fans have opinions yeah. about Adam Schefter. No, I, I just think that we have unprecedented situations in the draft this year. We have eight teams without a first-round pick, which has never happened. We have eight teams with extra first-round picks, which has never happened. We have five quarterbacks that could all go in the first round. We have five quarterbacks that could all fall out of the first round. We don't know who's going to go number one. And so purely from an entertainment standpoint, I have no effing clue what's going to happen tonight. And to me, I am tuning in to watch reality tv entertainment i'm not watching football games i'm not watching playoff games i'm not watching practice i'm, I'm we're talking about entertainment tv and it should be very entertaining tonight because you don't know what's going to happen and i don't know what's gonna i happen. know exactly what's going to happen <laughs> all right ideal titans strategy now this is the this is the real nutritional content of the show which is two people who do not get paid millions of dollars by the tennessee titans to decide which personnel. i should i know i don't know if Braden should but i should i'm fine with that yeah. Can I can I be can I run the college program that feeds into your NFL scouting department? We'll talk about it. We'll have my people wow. call your people. Wow. And we're off. <laughs> All right. Ideal strategy for the Tennessee Titans. For, and this is for the whole draft. This is for the, the whole entire process. What do you want to see them do strategically all three nights, all weekend long? When we come back on Monday, one o'clock, right here, same place, same time. Cast Collective Studio, by the way. Shout out. Um what do you want us to, when we sit down on Monday to talk about their entire draft class, what is the strategy you want to see from the Titans this weekend? You got to trade back. That is the ideal strategy, and we've talked about it on, already, but let, let me tell you why. From 2011-2021, out of the second round, there's been 152-plus starters, so 43.56% of second-rounders become plus starters in the league, which is an, a large amount for a draft, you know, considering how many starters and limited amounts, roster spots stuff. 18 All-Pros and 56 Pro Bowlers. So out of the second round. So you want to get in that second round. Second round's high great. hit rate, okay? And here's why, because in the first round in picks 25 through 32, so I didn't do just 26, right? Okay. So picks 25 to 32, the back half of the round, 18 pro bowlers, 11 all pros, and just 29 plus starters in that okay. same span, 33.3%. That's not enough of, uh, to me, 33.3% and 43.56% is a big enough difference that if you got two second round picks, right. you're good to go. You can still probably get 
it's a stretch, but you could still probably get Sam Howell or maybe even Desmond Ritter because we don't know, right? We don't know. Now you're talking about language. Yeah, we don't know what these quarterbacks are. Sure, you're out of the fifth-year option. Sure, you're out of that. Dude, if he's the guy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right. Find the guy. So go find the guy. You've got teams like Seattle, Atlanta, and Chicago all with multiple second-round picks that now Chicago would be a little bit of a stretch because they would have to think that there's like some wide receiver or player that they can get to trade those two second right. rounds. Seattle and Atlanta, though, they're not going to take a quarterback in the top 10. Okay? This, they're going to take players because they're they're in teardown mode. They're not in rebuild mode. And, okay. And so they could easily trade up for the quarterback of the future after the first round, and you get two second round picks. I All right, so. Then say this real quick. Detroit's another sneaky option because you get a first and a third and move up. They can move up to right. 26. You move from, back from 32. From 32. Yep, yep, yep. Or you can get their second and third. Either way, you have a chance, an opportunity to trade back. And I think it's a really massive chance that they do trade back. Like it most likely scenario is a trade back. I, I'm I'm willing, I'm gonna keep will trying to will it into existence. Here's two other reasons, and I'll piggyback because I agree the the best possible strategy for the first round for the Titans is to get out of there pick up some extra capital, ideally a second-round pick. Here, here's a couple more reasons for, for that, because you laid out all the data there on, on how well they do. Number one, the Titans do pretty well. Yes. Take, take, take Kevin Dodd off the table, but Christian Fulton, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Harold Landry, like we can keep going. Dylan Radins, we've already discussed, is, is an unknown still. We can't, can't put that one in bust or, or good category yet. The other thing is, is a couple of those names I just mentioned were all guys that were projected for the first round. Right. The, the, the amount of dudes that slip out of that last 10 slots and into the next 15 or 20 on the, on the second day, it is astonishing how much talent falls into the second. Well, when round. you have the green Bay Packers drafting Jordan love or the Seattle Seahawks drafting Jordan Brooks, stuff like that happens. And it's not just them too. They're just the most prevalent names that come to mind. Then that to me just lets you know that you, that's why the second round is constantly good. It's it, especially when you're t- if, like, they don't need these positions. Yeah. Although that, that's not true with guard and center potentially, they don't need really safety or middle linebacker. Those are two that generally are very like you're getting the best guy on the board or the second guy be- get best guy on the board in the second round, right? right. Like like Lewis Seen could be the second best safety in the draft. Let's say hypothetically from Georgia, he could be available pretty obviously in the middle of the second round. Titans don't need a safety, right? Which I know you would your head would explode if they drafted a safety or a middle middle linebacker for that matter. Um, but guard does right. You, you can Cole get strange. You Dylan can get Parham. Yes. You can get very good guards and centers in the second round yeah. guys that end up being all pros for, for a very long time. So could you get Sam Howell and one of those guards? Could you get Sam Howell and Pickens or George Pickens in a guard? Yeah. Like it, maybe you don't love any of these quarterbacks and you want to go with, with two guys that support Ryan Tannehill. Shockingly, yeah. guard it and makes, it makes life so much easier to get two second round picks or a second and yeah. third round pick and maybe a future pick somewhere else, or maybe even pick up an extra fourth for that second and third round. It just makes so much sense, and the opportunity should be right for them to be able to do that. All right, so let's let's we, we everyone knows what we think they should do in those situations. Let's go to the next few rounds. We know they've got the 90th pick in the third round, 131 and 143, I believe, right in in the, the fourth round, two fourth round picks, and then a couple of sixes. So with that, uh, let's just say hypothetically they're stuck, they're sitting there, and they're and they're going to make those selections. W- what is this again? I would lay out this conversation with last year. They did the complete overhaul on defense. Right. And it worked really well. It, it, it was, it was very efficient. He did it all in one season. Yeah. <laughs> Basically now drafting Landry was earlier and I get all of that, but like drafting Fulton technically was earlier, but the overhaul kind of finished last year. The goal I'm assuming is to do that for offense this year. It should be. I and, mean, that should be the goal. Right. So that's why we're talking quarterback guard center. Yeah. I do think you need to have a plan for Ben Jones eventually, yeah. like it, whether it's one year, two years, injury, whatever. You need to have someone that can slide in, which is why I like Kenyon Green more than him in a second. Um, the, I, I think there's a corner somewhere in the draft strategy yeah, to add some depth. You know, like a, it, maybe not necessarily a corner, but even a, a defensive back. Well, I think that's the best way to put it is to get a defensive back because it could be okay. JT Woods, right? Okay. Because... If, I want corner. Yeah. I, I like their safeties. I'm well. They 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 have to plan for at life after Armani Hooker, right? And they don't have yeah, Dane Crookshank tied in eraser, so you have to right. kind of do a couple different things. And drafting a corner ends, let's say, with one of the fourth round picks or tied in. To me, when you get into the third round, you should be focused on offensive line, tied in, 
and some of the defense defense. I, I I do think they'll take would take a wide receiver in the fourth and fifth round, but let's not overinflate them because it's more than likely the history would tell you it's not going to happen. I, I know you don't receiver. like the receivers in the third round, and I know you don't want them to do that as a strategy. I like Jalen Tolbert in the third. Well, round. what what I was going to say is I don't think I think the drop off. If you wait until 131 or 143, like a Des Fitzpatrick, because I know last year everyone's like freaking out about Amari Rodgers, who by the way did nothing for Green Bay. I was an Amon Raw St. Brown kind of guy. Well, he and he is a he's one of those guys that's just been a stud all along, which is what I'm gonna get to my receiver later, uh, which is I have like my Your guy. one year wonder. I know you don't like him, but he he's he's a John Robinson guy. Um so he's we'll get again our four not our four picks. Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Our four picks uh, for each of the first four picks, should they stay in those slots coming up in just a minute? But I, I think the strategy for me, and this is what I would do, I would go offensive line if they're not trading out because we want that to happen. Offensive line, wide receiver, because I do think the drop-off is after round three. Then you have a very easy depth defensive piece, corner, safety, whatever we just talked about. I think the, the second pick in the fourth round is your perfect slot for a tight end yeah. at 143 because you're, you're still – looking at guys who are graded out maybe early fifth rounders and you can kind of take your pick of that group. That's why I really like tight end in that one of those two fourth round picks. See, I, th- I think you're going to get, you could get a second tier tight end in the fourth round. I, I just think yeah. that's how, that's yeah. how it will fall. And, and he would be, and here's, let's, let's be very honest about this class. I do not think you can expect to find John U. Smith in this class. That, that type what of, do you mean by that? So John U. Smith's athletic ability as a true kind of tight end one. Yeah, I don't think there are any tight end ones, but I think you can find because Austin even Hoop, Trey McBride, uh, maybe. He's are you just talking about player. year one, a uh, 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 tight end one? Because I feel like there are like Kate Otten. I feel like you got there's Trey some McBride. Guys. There's some guys. There's I, some guys, but you yeah. have to go second round probably to get them. I don't, maybe uh, third. Maybe. maybe maybe pick ninety maybe. to your point. Uh, if you're gonna wait, what I'm trying to get at is sort of like a, a cautionary note here that the guys that I really like in those picks. And if you do take a tight end with 131 or 143 in the draft late in the fourth round, what you are doing is you're, you're just adding depth to Austin Hooper for the year. And you then you want to develop that guy and hopefully then find a supplementary piece later. You want, you want to find a guy in this draft, a tight end that keeps Jeff Swaim off the field. hundred <laughs> percent. Ideally that's what they, and the can be a very for. good tight end too. Yeah. That's what you want. A very good, dependable, versatile, a guy that can be an inline blocker, a red zone threat and and work the seams where we know Ryan Tannehill in this offense wants to throw the football. I think you can find those guys. I don't think you can find because John U. Smith was, I, I think, a pretty ridiculous find. Like a guy that's that, as ridiculous as George Kittle, who was like a no, and you know, and to your point, all like Travis Kelsey's not a was not a first round pick. Yeah. Like Austin Hooper was a Pro Bowler, not a first round pick. Like a lot of these tight ends end up in the second, third, fourth round. I don't see a lot of those guys in that class. Yeah. There's not a lot of explosiveness. That's what Johnu Smith brought to the table. It's just this insane burst, yeah. with the ball. So I don't. I think I think, I think Chig Aguanku, nice, is easy. that guy. Easy for you to say. You all right? Yeah. You need me? Yeah, a little bit. You okay? Some water? Yeah. I think he is the the most like Johnu Smith in this class in terms of okay. athletic ability. All right. I, how about this for a strategy that I think I like? Am I crazy for wanting a kicker late in the draft? Uh kicker, yes. Hunter, no. Oh, I don't like that's that. I don't like how that makes it, my mind hurt feel. Yeah. That makes my I, mind hurt. I think if you have a chance in the sixth round at the top of the six to get <sighs> Matt or Razia or whatever you say his name. Oh, the kid from yeah, Arizona State, you guys get him. Like the greatest punter in the history of a of you you have to get him. But what so you're the type no, no no more Brett Kern? I don't want to do it, that. They they just redid his deal. This is last year. All right. This is right off to the sun. Here's the reason I bring this up and yeah. I wanted to run it past you and see what you thought, which is I don't mind Cade York, by the way. Because I I just don't – it is such a waste of a draft pick to take a quarterback in the sixth or seventh round where you can get the number one kicker on the board. Right. And it has been a problem. I'm not saying Randy Bullock didn't do a good job last year. He did. It's for the first time. It felt the, somewhat dependable, right, that that phase of the game. I, I just think they've had so many issues f- filling that position. You can draft arguably the number one or number two kicker, give or take. Yeah in the sixth round instead of a quarterback that has a 0.1% chance of making your roster. Yeah. I think the only quarterback they would entertain that late anyways, a kill glass. And that is a guy that is going to basically eat up a roster spot, but he would actually, I think he could beat Logan Woodside. So I would go, well, I don't know. 
Logan Woodside is the grim reaper of backup quarterbacks. Like that dude, you could with the kill my boy Kill Glass. And I'm a Woodside <laughs> guy. Uh, and with my boy Kill Glass. So often my my strategy, and we'll get to I guess this is a good time for us to get to our, our predictions here on what we think the Titans should do for the first four picks. Um and and that is uh you want you want to go first? Why don't, you, why don't you go first here? Because I'll, I'll I'll lay mine out in a second. Now, this is just because of how the board falls, and it's also I I do think they'll trade back. But if they are there and Desmond Ritter's there and they can't get any way trade back, this is how the draft is is going to happen. <laughs> and that would be first right. round is going to be Desmond Ritter. There is no reason that Desmond Ritter should be that basically he could be their quarterback one on their board. I, I really think on their board, he's their quarterback one. You're you're. He spent a year basically polishing his throw in motion because that's really the big issue. And he's already working with Jordan Palmer, who's a well-respected guy who has turned around other draft. Carson Palmer's little brother, I believe. Yeah. Pride of the UTEP Miners. There you go. And he's turned around other quarterbacks with these same issues. He has the best catchable pass rate in the class. Okay. He's the best. He's got the best catchable pass rate at 20-plus yards and 10 to 19-plus yards. So those are deep. That's what you're looking for, right? When you're Tim Kelly, you're looking for explosive plays down the field. He's the second best from zero to nine, so it does drop. And he's the second worst behind the line of scrimmage. Obviously, you know, that's a little that's it's a little tough to swallow, it's but not it's good. not by much. We're talking about like 2%, if, if anything, is the difference in all that. In pure accuracy, everybody talks about Kenny Pickett, 62.4%. Ritter is 60.9%. Not a big difference. Slight different of level of competition, but okay. The the difference is is that he doesn't miss as the misses are bad with Desmond Ritter. I agree, but he does not miss any more frequently than any of the other guys in this class. In fact, he probably misses his players less than these other guys do on average. So, in my opinion, the accuracy issues are a tad bit overblown and can be corrected. Okay. And so, with his leadership and the way that he improves year after year and his approach to the game, they would be foolish to pass on him if they can't trade back. So, I, barring I, a top five wide receiver being there, if if his arm was just a little bit more accurate and a little bit, especially on on out routes, which I know the Titans don't necessarily need him to throw, like you know, deep outs to the opposite side of the field, opposite hash or whatever. I, he, he is, you, you want to design a quarterback in a laboratory that is the Mike Vrabel way and the John yeah. Robinson way. Like he's 100% cut from that mold. Now, I'm like, a Sam Howell guy, by the way, but Sam, so I'm Howell, with you. Sam Howell's my guy. Um, yeah. if I was taking a quarterback, cause I think his arm is the best and right. I think he changes the Titans offense the most. Yes. There's some work to be done with his footwork and staying in the pocket and, you know, managing an advanced offense, but that, that, that can be worked on. This is, I I'm approaching this from their perspective. Okay. Their perspective is Desmond Ritter's quarterback. One. Right. I I'm just convinced. No, I, th- I actually agree with you on that. There's been a lot of reporting on that. We'll find out if, yeah. if John Robinson's just been lying his ass off. Or Maybe not. we'll find out, which is, Hey, must lie season. What else you got? I think Cole strange is the obvious choice. If you do not get a guard in the first round and you pass on a wide receiver in the first round, and you got a quarterback, you have to get Cole strange. No matter what the cost is. Dylan Parham, another guy I'm, I'm big on uh, Rashid Walker is an offensive tackle that can also, because you, you, nobody knows what Dylan Radens is other than versatile and maybe in the uh, concession stand somewhere working. <laughs> um, but Cole Strange has real Ali Marpet, Marpet vibes for me. Okay. All right. And he, I think Cole Strange, even though he's a third round pick, would be ready to start on day one, week one. And he would be ready to go. He, I think he would easily beat Jamarco Jones for the left guard spot. And I think that with him at left guard, Dylan Raiden's a right tackle, I think. And then the rest of the offensive line, I think you're okay. looking at a better projected offensive line than what you finished with last year. So much of the strategy hinges on are any of these quarterbacks starting quarterbacks right. in the NFL. So you have to sort of, you're assuming that's, yeah. I, if they get Cole Strange in the third round, I, I would be ecstatic. Oh, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, Kate Otten and Eric Uzakama are two guys that I think do everything that the Titans want. They're two big, physical, athletic guys. Okay. And w- here's what's pertinent when you're talking about wide receivers. Four years of college experience, and they have multiple successful years at in college. Those matter to the Tennessee Titans, 
and especially in pass catchers, and both can block. Both have the burst you're looking for to get open in the middle of the field and to get you some yards after catch. Okay. And to me, that's what the Titans love. Eric Izukanma, think of a more disciplined, more polished version of Des Fitzpatrick. You're getting what you thought you were getting with Des Fitzpatrick if you believed in anything on Des Fitzpatrick. But I think well, like the scouting report on him was like, all right, not super overly athletic, yeah. but like really great route runner. And like that didn't turn out. If to you, they were building the the perfect wide receiver based on their physical and athletic traits, Eric Uzakanma fits everything okay. that they have ever drafted in, under John Robinson. He that, is the true. prototypical John Robinson wide receiver, and he's available in the fourth round. Okay. That's a lot of investment in uh, the offense. Yeah, well, that's uh, what you need. Three three guys that help Ryan Tannehill, and then a guy who replaces Ryan Tannehill. Exactly. <laughs> there you have it. Three uh, guys that help Desmond Ritter. I don't mind the strategy. I don't yeah. mind. Like, I'm okay with the quarterback selection in this draft. If you, you, you better trust your evaluation. I'm going to repeat that over and over and over again. These, are, these evaluations are so different from team to team to team. If John Robinson thinks Desmond Ritter is a guy who can start for 15 years in the NFL, then you got to take him. Uh, there's no argument there. And again, this is where the, the, the microwave hot takes will screw this all up because it's like, oh, I, I, you're not going to know if he's good and if he's the guy until the chance he actually gets to go out there and start games. So it's going to be a time to figure it out. All right, uh, I'll give you my strategy here, which ties into what we just kind of talked about. I, I, I predicted this um, on Titans Online. Kenyon Green is my pick. The uh, guard center combo. He's also played a little bit of tackle for Texas A&M as well. He's really, really good in that outside zone scheme. I don't know if you know if that's a good thing for the Titans offense or not, but that's exactly what Derrick Henry wants. He is nasty. He's he, I like I like offensive linemen with killer instincts. Um, ben Jones has it. I think when you look at Taylor Lewan, he used to have it. <laughs> I think he still has something left in the tank. I think Nate Davis is this way. You just want dudes that are surly. You want mean guys, and I think Kenyon Green fits everything they want. I think Zion Johnson is also another one. So, really, it's one of those two that I think helps Ryan Tannehill the most right away. And I do not, I do not believe that a wide receiver is the right pick. If seven or eight are going to go off the board and seven go off, I'm going Kenyon Green because that means there's going to be some good value at the offensive line position when they get to that spot. There's a lot of teams that need offensive linemen yeah. that I think that that's why I went Desmond Ritter because Kenyon Green's gone. Okay. Zion Johnson's gone. It's it's, it's that, very it's yeah. very possible. And and at that point, I think you pivot strategies. I don't think you know. I don't think Linderbaum is the guy you want. Um, so I, yeah, again, I, I think those if though one of those two is sitting there, I think you can you can go there. Um, I, I'm going. I know you hate this, and so because it's like totally nothing. Titans that would may, maybe. So we'll skip my third round pick, which is Wandale Robinson, wide receiver out of Kentucky in the third round with the 90th pick. Let's let me go quickly to Charlie Kohler, who I've got from Iowa State going with their last fourth round pick at 143. Uh, this is a guy who 75% of his catches went for first downs. This is a guy who's big, strong, 6'5". He needs to refine some of the blocking techniques, but he is arguably the greatest tight end in Iowa State history. Played for four years during the greatest era of Iowa State football. You talk about guys that have experience and Played for a team that is uh, Matt Campbell is cut from the exact same cloth as John Robinson and Mike Vrabel in terms of development and what they want their players to do from a toughness and a physicality standpoint. So I've got Charlie Kohler. I also like Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin in that pick at number four. So I'd, I would go with the, one of those two, but I like Charlie Kohler a lot. I just think he's a really sound, really solid football player. He can do a little bit of everything. He's not he's not John U. Smith after the catch. He's not going to break any tackles and make a bunch of – you know, he's not going to go streaking down the sidelines on gadget plays, he, but he's a dependable guy that I think can be a serviceable starter for, you know, a number of years for them. Um, Martin Emerson is a corner from Mississippi State. Tall guy, plays really scheme versatile. You can you can run him outside. You can run him in zone. You can run him in man-to-man. -man, you can roll him up. You can drop him in the coverage. You can slide him into the slot. Like, he's just a really versatile guy. 38 games played at Mississippi State against some of the best quarterbacks in the entire country in the SEC West. I just like the way Zach Arnett, who's a defensive coordinator, at Mississippi State, I think he does a great job developing talent. So I, I think Martin Emerson's a guy, again, corner is something I would target. The guy I like in that fourth-round pick is Martin Emerson. So let's get to Wandell. So Wandell Robinson is... By the way, I have my notes here. <laughs> this is all for Wandell, and it's titled <laughs> Wandell Slander. I just want everybody to know that. All right, well, then, dude, let, let me get out why I yeah, like him. Yeah, okay. And then I won't you, interrupt you. I'll let you and talk. And then you can poo-poo. Yeah. All right, so... Wandell Rob, what I like about Wandell Robinson is that he a couple of different things. Number one, he is ultra competitive. A lot of these little guys, 
don't have that toughness that you like to see that, that are going to go like Rondell Moore from Purdue is, is kind of similar. He doesn't mind running between the tackles. Debo Samuel is doing this. I am not comparing Wondell Robinson to Debo Samuel. So, so, so don't, don't, don't at me on this one, but I like guys that compete, that bust their ass, that work hard. And, and not only just in the draft, but in, uh, in college, he would played in an NFL scheme with Liam Cohen, who was under, he was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky who is off the Sean McVay. By the way, if you're Liam Cohen, he, he leaves the Rams to go to Kentucky for one year and then goes back to the Rams. And in, in the middle, they all won rings. Like, don't you feel like you show up at the, the work party? Yeah. Liam Cohen, you're like the only guy not wearing jewelry and everyone's here and you you're, help. You're the guy you that missed, them. you missed something big at the party. <laughs> right. But he, so the point is, is that Kentucky for the first time forever had like this really complex evolved offensive scheme. He set every single record. So he's productive. He's hardworking. He's a competitor. He's played in an NFL system. I, to me, he also gives them something they don't have, which is that short space agility, explosive versatility that, that he can add to the offense. I go, go ahead with your size data, which I think is totally valid. I think he's one of those rare options that as a third receiver, a number three receiver, can provide instant impact for them and could be a special teams player as well. Well, there will be no instant impact from him because only seven wide receivers since 2011 that have attended the combine and measured under 5'8 five, eight, five, eight and under and 180 pounds or less, only three of those guys were drafted. Rondell Moore, KJ Hamler, Mario Alford. Hey, one of those guys is all right. We'll, we'll see. Was, eh. You know, and let's say this. When, Hamler, you're that, was hurt. when you're that size, you have to be fast and explosive and he didn't measure that way. He measured way slower than what he should have. And historically, even going back to 2000, we're going all the way back to 2000, the only wide receivers out of 12 like this was Lance Moore, who went undrafted. And Lance Moore had a pretty good career. Yeah, he did have a good career. And he went undrafted. Then, when you look at the Titans historically under J-Rob, they've never gone under a... 5'11 wide receiver, and they've never gone under 194 pounds. And this guy is way under both of them by those kind of comparisons. If they were to go with a guy like that, they're going with Calvin Austin, who they had a top I, 30 visit with. You're just a Memphis grad. Who they had a top 30 visit with. He has multiple years of experience as a, a productive wide receiver and he did it all on the outside. He is not, he will be a slot receiver in the NFL, but he is an outside receiver. So he has position, wait for it, position versatility, which <laughs> they love position versatility. And he's more physical and more explosive front than Wandell Robinson. Front multiplicity. Yeah. I do think that those are the two guys that I like with that pick because of their skill set. And, and again, I agree that, that I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that you're going fighting an uphill battle with, yeah. with the size. There's no question about that. Like, what I what I don't want to see him do is do like Justin Ross or David Bell, both really talented pieces. With you. But they they sort of don't do the thing that the Titans offense needs, which is to sort of create some chaos around the line of scrimmage. David Bell could, but he's Justin a, Ross, I don't think is Justin Ross's T. Higgins, which they don't need a T. Yeah, Higgins. Exactly. That's right. They, and, they need Traylon Burks. They need a Jalen Tolbert. I would even go with maybe Kevin Austin Jr., but Jamison Williams, you know, they need those guys that are different and that can stretch the field. To, the, to your point, though, about testing a little slower than you think, Traylon Burks tested a little slower yeah. than he plays on the field. Wondell Robinson plays faster on the field than he tests in, at the Combine. When, when you talk about, like, running up. I mean, by the way, he ran up 4-4, four, four, just so you know, at the Combine. So Yeah, that's just not good fast. enough. So really what I, I am doing is I, I looked at what I – John Robinson's not listening to this show or listening to either of us to, to, to decide what player he wants. Um, I, I did it more based on the strategy, the ideal strategy, which is I want a guard that can start right away and maybe give you a backup center or a future center. I want a wide receiver to help add depth because in the NFL right now, you can't just win with two receivers. You really need three. You, you have to have a third guy. Yeah, I got a lot of blowback on Twitter about this and about getting that third wide receiver, spending a high pick on a wide receiver because then people are like, well, it's going to take away, you know, targets from A.J. Brown. No, no, no. And No, it's going to take away targets from Nick Westbrook-Akine if you get a good one it that also, can beat him. It also takes focus away from the A.J. Brown. Yeah, like the defense. And is Robert Woods going to be 100% healthy? Right. Yeah. Robert Woods isn't going to be here more than likely next year because they can get out of his contract scot-free. Yep. So. 
you have to have you're building around AJ Brown. Part of that building around AJ Brown, because it's time not to build around Derrick Henry. Building around AJ Brown means that you need to get him a running mate for the foreseeable future, especially when you start investing money into him. So this is a wide receiver three that turns into a wide receiver two matters. Yep. I, I, I tend to agree. So offensive line, wide receiver, maybe a depth corner. I like tight end at the fourth pick. And then I think with my last two from a strategy standpoint, as we talked about, I'd go some combination of depth, offensive line, depth, corner, depth, another receiver, or even, or even a special teams guy, kicker or punter. So that, that's, I, that's what I would I do. I do like a couple of uh, players. I like a Caleb Evans. Yep. I think I like Marcus Jones out of Houston. Even when you're like talking quarterback, I like Alante Taylor and JT Woods, but I like them for different reasons. Well, the same reason. Taylor's essentially going to be a nice Alante Alante Taylor is someone that can run with the tight ends as long as he's not in zone. He can run with the tight ends. He's a big body, he's physical, and he's athletic enough to run with them. That leaves Elijah Molden right there, you know, in the slot. If you got Mar someone like Marcus Jones and not another safety, I think that you put Elijah Molden on the tight ends and put Marcus Jones in the slot. Okay. I, I think there's a couple of ways that you make this kind of stuff work. You can't, you cannot go in expecting that the Titans aren't going to draft a cornerback at some point. I think let me, that, let yeah, me say this. I, if I, one I, of the big cornerbacks fall for whatever reason, Derek Stingley, Ahmad oh Gardner, yeah. I would even throw out, um, Who's the kid from Clemson's name? Booth, is Booth, Andrew Booth. Yeah, if Andrew Booth is there, I'm not. there could be a good chance that they have him as best player available. I mean, that's just a good chance. And let's be honest, after all this conversation, John Robinson will probably take the best player available. Yeah. Like, as long as it's not a, a running In the back. second round after he trades back. Hell yeah, I hope you're right. As long as it's not a running back. Yes. That, that, oh, God, yes. That's the only one I think people would just be like, you got to be kidding um, all right, well, trade Derrick Henry for a second rounder. <laughs> so first episode, a football show, uh, obviously special thanks to moon taxi for the music cast collective here. Of course, a, a multimedia, uh, all purpose studio hosts, small events. Make sure you check them out on Instagram at cast underscore collective special. Thanks to Kingston group, of course, for being our title sponsor on the show. Uh, obviously uh, Nashville's award-winning locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. You've heard me talk about them on 440 for a long time. Uh, they are amazing folks. Do, don't skimp when you're talking about making massive financial decisions about your house. Just it's a stupid thing to do, like drafting Sebastian Janikowski in the first round. So um, don't do that kind of stuff real real quickly. Was it that bad for them, though? It was a pretty damn good kicker. <laughs> um, Geodis Park opens on Sunday. Can't wait for that. There's a lot of other stuff going on in, in the Nashville sports world this week. Uh, I'm taking the wife on Sunday. Are you? Cannot wait. Uh, I will not be purchasing. I was about to say, have you, saved, have you saved up? Like you had to go cash out like uh, some savings bonds your grandma got you so you can go <laughs> yes. afford the food. I got a nice tea bond just to buy a, yeah. just to buy a single can of beer at Geodis Park. I thought about going to Lucky and just hanging out and maybe getting some scalp tickets. Yeah. I heard that Lucky is a really nice place. So I have season tickets in the family section and they're like a total of like $35 and they are on sale secondary market for like 90 a piece. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a show. So I'm excited about that. Also, if UC Saros is not playing for the Predators, they are. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's not good. And Memphis um, Grizzlies played tonight. If I'm not dude, mistaken. Yes, you're uh, the that 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 series has been outstanding. They played uh, Friday night. Oh, yeah. They play Friday, right. Sunday. Um, and of course, Golden State won. So they're going to play Golden State if they can advance past Minnesota. This is a great time to be alive in Tennessee, man, it with is. sports. You got a football show here, of course. We'll be back on Monday. With no microwave hot takes, just thoughtful analysis about what took place over the course of the weekend. And I want you guys to think about one thing before you go. Enjoy this weekend. And when you're going out to eat, you know, if you're going out to eat to watch the, the, the draft, you're going to ML Rose, let's say hypothetically, or maybe Jaspers, I don't know, one of those. Um, don't be a chicken finger boy. Okay. Don't be a chicken finger boy. Don't be, wait, wait, don't be a chicken finger don't boy. Don't be a chicken finger boy. Just, we'll explain it some other time on okay. the show, but don't be a chicken finger boy. All right. Zach, where can people find you tonight, this weekend? What are you doing? At F-Words Pod and then at Broadway TN for Tennessee. And basically, we will be there at 545. Uh, is it 545 today? Uh, no, for 645 today, yeah, 545 yeah. Seven, tomorrow. 7 p.m. Central, yeah. Central. Central Standard Time because that is the only, that's God's time zone. It is. And uh, basically, I will be doing all draft analysis, probably with some jokes. You know me. Some biting wit. Will they be funny? Easton, I don't know. Easton probably won't think they're funny. He'll probably kick me off the pod. Easton is very, very smart, but guess. very serious. And uh, so he's, he already called me insufferable because he said define <laughs> uh, 
define success and I, I sent him a link that says let me google that for you so he i'm yeah, already like on, does it by itself yeah. and it types it all in yeah like, I'm, I'm already on the shit list over yeah. there so it'll be yeah. very entertaining to say the least it's all right well uh thank you guys for hanging out with us of course make sure you subscribe to all the buttons click all the buttons and make sure you turn on all those notifications again mondays and thursdays 1 p.m right here from the cast collective zach lyons braden gall uh follow us on the twitters got all the other shows of course on the 440 sports network and broadway sports media as well you got the music city audible f words pod you got lamestream sports with steven godfrey this week gold standard covering the preds with with adam bingen so a lot of other stuff going on so make sure you stay tuned to all of that we'll be back on monday otherwise have a great weekend thanks for hanging out with us and we'll talk to you then this has been a football show peace <laughs> right here on the 440 sports network take it easy guys